Welcome to the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hi, listeners. Shannon and I are a married pair of working artists. And this podcast is our weekly date for getting on microphones and talking with one another and with our community, that's you, about stuff that matters to us. We are so glad you're here. And hi, sweetheart. Hello. It's a night pod. It's a night pod. Sexy. Which means we're recording it at night. Mm-hmm. Which means you have to listen to it at night. Sexy. Just kidding. You can listen to it whenever you want. Let's jump right in. Do we have any announcements? Announcements. 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 Actually, just one. Announcement. Announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is that we have our next Misfit Stars Zoom, Zoom meetup <laughs> this Sunday. Uh, that is May 22nd on Sunday. Um, we're doing it from 3 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. West Coast time. 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. And if you're in a different time zone than that, just do the math. Sorry, Irish and English friends. It'll be late for you, but you're night owls. We know you. I trust you can do the math. Do it. Um, This is for Misfit Stars members. Uh, It's just a chance for us to hang out. Jamie and I will be there for the entire three hours. You don't have to come for all three hours. It's like an open house. You can pop in for as long as you want and leave when you need to or want to, mm-hmm. or you can stay the whole time. Yeah. Like a, like a total rock star, whatever you want to do. You could even leave, do something else, and then come back. There are no rules. There's no rules. Yeah. But there actually is one rule. The one rule is that you have to be a Misfit Stars member to come to this meetup. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not yet a Misfit Stars member, but you want to spend a couple of hours with us on Sunday, you have to go to misfitstars.com slash join and become a member of Misfit Stars. And then we'll send you the invitation. Mm-hmm. If you're a member, you've already gotten the invitation with the Zoom link and all the secret squirrel stuff that you need to know. Um, but we hope you can come if you uh, are a Misfit Star. We would love to see your face and we would just love to commune with you, spend some time talking, just breaking stuff down. It's been a hell of a couple of months. Totally. And we would love to just know how you feel about it. Yeah. So Jamie, mm-hmm. how are you feeling today? Thanks for asking. I'm feeling happy and tired. Okay. Uh, we, we spent the, like most of the day, uh, like a huge chunk of the day outside just doing hardcore physical work in our yard. Uh, it was great. And the nice thing about doing outdoor work is also it means I wasn't on social media all day. Right. Which even if you're off social media for a little amount of time, improves your mood a lot. Oh, there's a study that just came out. I know. That was like less time spent on social media. Like, we, we all knew this. Everyone knows. We all knew this anecdotally but from our own lives. But fucking science nerds. But science has now confirmed that less time on social media, breaks from social media, result in increased happiness. I'm sorry to swear I love science nerds. I Yeah, they're the best. They're the best. So you that you were not on social media today and no. you were working in the yard and so you're feeling happy. I was saying the, the F word like lovingly. Oh, yeah. Kind of like elbowing them a I little get bit. It. You know no, what I mean? I'm, I'm ah, science nerds. I was like, give them noogies. I get it. Yeah, you know? totally. It's easy to give science nerds noogies. Yeah, yeah, and throw them in trash cans. Oh, man. Brutal. I, re- I remember movies from the 80s. Hell yeah. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, so happy. You were saying happy. Happy okay. and tired, feeling good. How are you feeling today? Um, I'm feeling, I have three segments of my feelings. Wow, it's a lot of feelings. Uh, one is I feel invigorated. Mm-hmm. For the same reasons that you're feeling happy and tired. Mm. Just being, just getting physical work done feels great. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling invigorated in my body mm-hmm. and that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm feeling thankful for our home oh. and the ability to do like work in the garden and like making little improvements with our hands. Yeah. You know, like I just, it brings me a lot of joy and I'm thankful that we have the opportunity to do that with a place that's ours. Oh, I love it's that. It's really wonderful. Great, yeah. And the third one is not as nice as the <laughs> other ones. I'm feeling also frightened and furious. That's actually and two other It is, things. but they're linked. Um, really, it's four. Four things. Frightened and furious. And the other two. Oh, sure. But these are, it's kind of like wrapped. It's all, it's a frightened, it's a frighteningly furious ball of whatever emotion mm. that I'm feeling. Like it's one thing. It's it's one thing. And it's, you know, we're going to talk about it later in this episode, but just the latest, <sighs> the latest serving up of, of evidence for the fact that we are on the brink of full-blown fascism in this country. Mm-hmm. And so there's that. Right. At the same time as feeling good in my body and thankful for my health, like feel, I feel generally like happy in my spirit and also these things. 
It underscores how important it is in stressful times to do things that make you feel good. Yeah, it's so true. Because imagine if you hadn't, you'd just only be feeling those last two feelings and it would suck for you. Yep, that is so true. Thank and also you, you would that. have been spending the afternoon probably on social media wallowing in the bad feelings. Maybe so. And on the, Twitter, just where everyone's like, everything's on fire. No, and they're right. They are. But I don't I don't spend that much time on Twitter anymore. Actually, I've been cutting down my social media quite a lot over mm -hmm. the last number of months. Like I pop in and out a few times a day, but for very short periods of time, mm -hmm. like really short. And mostly just to see if I need to respond to anything that somebody has commented on right. of mine. You sure. know, like it's really, I'm not really spending loads of time otherwise. And that's, it, it has improved my experience of life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so there's that. Great. Yeah. Um, shall we, uh, I would like to, let's say, I would like for us to get less dumb. Class, anyone? Anyone? I've got one. You got a, a let's get less dumb mm -hmm. item? Okay, what do you have? It? What do you have? So mine uh, is that there was this very interesting sort of niche Washington Post article okay. uh, a little while back, a um, couple months ago, but it got resurfaced, and so I just kind of came okay. on board with it. It was referenced in something else, and I drooled down on it. All it's, right. It's, uh, it, it was put together by the Washington Post's fact checker team, okay. and it's how to spot a fake video. Oh, okay. It's so interesting. Like okay. there's all these things that you can just do because you know what it's like these days on social media, Facebook, wherever, like everywhere except of course Misfit Star's social network because we have a very wholesome and good social <laughs> network. But all the other ones, it's just like bullshit flying around constantly. Right. And it's really hard to know when someone in the heat of the moment very emotionally posts a video about whatever late breaking political thing is happening, whether it's true or whether it's, false whether right. it's a fake video or a real video that is taken out of context right or misleadingly like attributed when it's not actually the thing that happened it's like it but it's different you know okay. what i mean sometimes it can be like like misleadingly edited as oh well. absolutely so i just wanted to quick run down oh. some of these techniques just in case anyone's curious i feel like i'm about to get a lot less dumb oh this it's, is so, oh, be it's great. so great Thank it's so you. perfect for this segment hit me so there are different types of manipulated video and here's just a couple tips to spot okay. them right so uh, uh, a big one is missing context, okay. right? And that's where the post lacks or misstates the context in which the events occurred. Okay. Uh, or the context of an unaltered video could be false or misleading. Okay. You know? Uh, and a lot of this, by the way, I'm just sort of paraphrasing or reading from this article, just so you know. And I'll post a link to the article also. So if you're looking for context, what are you looking for? Like, Well, their tip for this one is to see if the video is being posted by multiple verified news outlets. Okay. You know how sometimes, especially with like yeah. breaking news, especially when something bad is happening, right. like there'll be one video about it that's making the rounds, mm. but there's not a second corroborating video yes. and it's only being posted by one source yes. or it's only only being posted by Fox and Breitbart and, you know, <laughs> but it's not being posted by the New York Times and the Washington Post. Right. You know what I mean? Because they have more rigorous fact-checking as part of their posting scheme. And less of a fascist agenda. Right, right. So, uh, well, we'll get there. So it's, uh, the tip there is just to check the description of what is happening on the screen uh -huh. against reliable non-video descriptions yes. of what happened in the event, right? What a great idea. That's a way to fill in the context. So like an article that's written about the event that you're yeah. watching in the video. See if the video sounds like it's a video of the thing they're describing. Got you it. You know, because if not, it could just be taken out of context or a video from a similar kind of event. You see this all right. of the time when there's like, quote unquote, Black Lives Matter riots. And then they'll just post a video of an actual riot that wasn't anything to do with Black Lives Matter and it was from eight years ago Especially in like a different city. Right, and they needed that. They needed that propaganda because the Black Lives Matter protests of 2020, for instance, were extraordinarily peaceful. They weren't bad. They weren't bad at all. Yeah, yeah. The, they got people, dangerous. People went a little ham in in Portland, but you also, know, bless their hearts. But also, it got rough when the cops showed up. It did, and started harassing and, also, and beating people. All the fascists from like everywhere. Yeah, and so every, everyone in Oregon that's not Portland. Yes. Yeah. So we have to be very careful with how we describe that. I yep. think. Yeah. Uh, another thing, uh, another type of manipulated video is deceptive editing. And that's where the mm -hmm. video has been edited and rearranged, right? Uh -huh. And what you do, the thing to watch for there is look for large gaps in time, unexplained transitions, like jump cuts between two parts of the scene where right. there's no clear reason for there to be a jump cut in it. You okay. know what I mean? Uh -huh. Or an, like an ab abrupt edit in the video, which is a similar kind of thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, another type of manipulated video can be a, what they call malicious transfer 
transformation. That's where part or all of the video has just been straight up manipulated to transform the footage itself. And so what you can look for here is like blurriness in the uh. foreground or the background, pixelation that doesn't make sense just in one part of the video, mm. right? Like if the whole thing looks one way, but a little tiny part of it, like in the middle or in the edge or somewhere just looks different. Why does it look different? Mm -hmm. That's weird. That's a warning sign. That can sign. be evidence that somebody has manipulated the video itself yeah. to represent something that didn't actually happen. That's right. Or just to change what happened. Got it. Period. Got it. Uh, to make the video seem like it's of the opposite thing that actually right, happened, you right. know? Uh, changes in color in the video, slower or quicker movements that don't correspond to normal human behavior, mm -hmm. you know? Like if the time seems sped up or slowed down, oh. that's often a sign that someone has, has messed with the video. Got it. In a deceptive way, right? right? Uh, you can listen for edited audio, including like cut off speech or like a speech where the pattern doesn't exactly match how someone would talk. Like if the two words mm. come too close together, mm. like closer together than a normal person would be able to say them right. or would naturally say them. Right. That can be a sign that there's been an edit there somewhere. Or there's a robot talking. Or a robot. Yep. Gotta, well, you got to look out for those. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Although, though, to be fair, when robots talk, usually it's like R2-D2. It's just synthesizer oh. bloops and bleeps. Yeah, that's and usually that's easy to pick out. Yeah. Yeah, so if the person narrating the video sounds like... It's probably fake. It's probably R2-D2. Or it's And you shouldn't trust it. Yeah. No. <laughs> Actually, R2-D2 is really smart, so I would trust that. I would trust R2-D2. I would absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you could even watch it on the little screen in his chest to verify. <laughs> uh, Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Yeah. Isn't that the video that he played? I think it yeah, is. Yeah, Princess Leia. Yeah. Yeah, of course. On his little, like, yeah, the video little, memory thing in like, his chest. But it was like, it was like, it was like a projector. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Aww. R2. Simpler times. Yeah. Uh, sound that's warped or modulated and speech that sounds slower or faster. Those are all things to look out uh -huh. for. And they can all be indications that a video has been maliciously mm. transformed. And if you see any of those things or hear any of those things, like the pixelation, the blurriness, the, the speech or the faster, slower, like that would be a good reason if you're watching it and you want to be like, is this real? Yeah. To go check for other sources, yeah. right? Like that would be a good indicator. Which segues wonderfully oh. into the next part of this, well, which is how to find the original video, oh. okay? Oh. So here's some tips for doing that. Uh, so, you know, videos, as they say here, are often shared and go viral on social media without proper credit to the original source or person who filmed the footage. Mm -hmm. People will manipulate videos. They'll repost their own versions to promote certain narratives or agendas, right? So the mm -hmm. first step of the verification process, and this is straight from the, you know, the Washington Post fact checkers, this is how they do it, mm -hmm. finding the original video. This is an important step, they say, because it allows you to further analyze the content and source of the video. Mm -hmm. If you're watching the original video, you can determine whether your video in question has been taken out of context, edited, or transformed. And then you can move on to next steps like confirming where and when the video was filmed, right? Uh -huh. And so the tips they have for this, number one, find the source. Take a clear, identifiable screenshot of the video. You can uh, just take a screen capture of okay. yourself watching the video, okay. just a single frame, yeah. and just drag that into Google Image Search. What? Oh, yeah. Did you not know that you can drag pictures into Google Image? No. Oh, yeah. So when you're on Google.com slash images or whatever it is, or just do any Google search and click on the Images tab, once you're in the Images tab, <gasps> you can drag any photo in there and it'll find all instances that it can find worldwide of other places where that image exists. No so if you do it with way. a screen, oh yeah, if you do it with a screenshot of a video, I do that routinely when <gasps> I when I have one screenshot of something I want to use for like a graphic for something, but I want to find a higher res one, I'll just drag it in there and find the higher res one. I feel like I've just gained a superpower. Oh, it's been around for like 15 years. You're welcome. Okay, yeah. well, so clearly you, I needed this segment today. Yeah. So everyone's getting less done, <laughs> including our host, Shannon Curtis. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, this is mostly for us. Like everything we do in our lives, it's to enrich ourselves and then hopefully other people yes, like it. Yes, of course. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So uh, you can do this with a screenshot. You just take a little screen grab. You can do it on your phone. Just take a, you know, screenshot on yeah. your phone of you watching the video. Take that, upload it into Google Image Search. You can do it all on your phone. And then wow. uh, you can use that to find other videos that are like that. And you, like, you can basically use those search results to really drill down on, is this legit or is this one different from other ones? Right. Where where else is posting the same video? Right. All of these kind of things. It's like uh, a search for images, but you can amazing. use it for video too. Mm -hmm. Also, you can look for logos uh, or handles on the footage to find the original source. You know, sometimes uh -huh. people will watermark stuff. Don't miss that, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's good to review the source. So if someone has posted this, Look, uh, look at what else they've posted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and you got to sort of take this with a grain of salt because like, you know, if it's, you know, for the who posted the video, you know, if it's someone like you or me, like 
anything we post is not going to have a right-wing slant, and if it's political in nature, we'll have a left-wing slant. You know what I mean? It, I doesn't, it doesn't mean that we are factually inaccurate. But stuff like that is good just to note. You know what I mean? Okay. If it looks like the person posting stuff is an authoritative source, great. If yeah. it's someone who's not an authoritative source, even if it feels very compelling, research it before you pass yeah. it on, before you retweet it, before you reshare it on Facebook. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, people who know you and me know that we do our absolute best to vet information before passing it on. Mm -hmm. But, like, not everyone knows that about us. Like, if I didn't know us, I wouldn't just, and I were, and I somehow saw a friend of a friend sharing like a right. political oh, thing yeah. I wouldn't just be like this guy says something I agree with I'm just going to reshare right. too many people do that yeah. it's really important just to like verify the yes. authenticity of what you're sharing before you pass it yeah. on there's an amazing uh, resource it's so cool I just learned about it from this article it's called Invid Okay. I-N-V-I-D. You can find it just if you Google Invid you'll find it or it's invid-project.eu mm -hmm. uh, it's a project to, as they say here on their website, to develop a knowledge verification platform to detect emerging stories and assess the reliability of newsworthy video files and content spread via social media. Mm -hmm. So it's a place where you can go to mm -hmm. verify the authenticity of videos. Mm -hmm. They have a search thing. They have oh, a what's latest. They have news. It's... Uh, it's really cool. That's neat. It's really nifty. Um, and that's a great resource just to, you know, put, you drop. If you have a link for it that was shared on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, mm -hmm. which is basically where videos come from these days, right? You can just drop the link into their website oh. and they'll tell you if there's anything suspicious about the uploader's account and the video. Invid.eu. It is not that, no. Oh, it is invid-project. Oh. .eu. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Okay. I think I'll probably remember. But if you just Google I-N-V-I-D, invid, you'll find okay. it. It's a really, really nifty That's tool. so helpful. Yeah, totally. And it's great because they can spot stuff, especially on like Twitter. Like you might not know, like if account, an account has just been recently opened. Right. It's easy enough to see that, but you wouldn't right. initially see it. Right. You have to drill down. They'll tell you stuff mm -hmm. like that. And they'll cool. tell you if there's anything like otherwise that's suspicious mm -hmm. about the person who's posting it. Mm -hmm. Super, super cool. Um, and the final thing they talk about is you can actually like drill down on where was the video filmed. And something they say here about this, so true. People often misrepresent video during major breaking news events by posting incorrect information about where and when a video was filmed. Mm. You know, especially, you see this all the time with like tornadoes and hurricanes. They'll post in like a video oh. of something flooding somewhere and but be like South Carolina is flooding but actually it it's was, a video from Texas or it's from, from five years, years ago. ago or something yeah. yeah yeah you know um so they're like you'll always want to verify the location of the of, of any video uh, which is a task that's known as geolocation right how do you do that well it's really interesting they're like what here's what you can do just as a citizen journalist <laughs> in the wild you can search for identifiable landmarks like street signs unique or or unique looking or even well-known buildings mm -hmm. or environmental features like mountains or trees mm -hmm. these distinguishable features can help you pinpoint location quickly and what they suggest to do is to literally take a pencil and draw a map of the video so you know what you're looking for in terms of shapes of buildings skylines roads and landscape so mm -hmm. if you're looking at a certain angle right and there's like a street that comes from curving around to the right and there's a street that goes off to the left and there's a two-story building in front of you and then a church to the left of it and you can see a hill behind it. Just draw a little map that has all those things in rough position mm -hmm. and then you can look these things up, especially like if you have a building name or the, a signage or something oh, like that. You uh -huh. can look them up on Google Earth or Google Maps Street View. Oh. And you can cross-reference the sketch yeah. that you've made on your little map that you made to actually drill down and like find the match for what you were looking for. We're all little detectives. We can be little detectives. And it says here, after you found a likely match, location match for your video, look for other identifiable landmarks, ideally minimum of three, that show up in the video and also show up mm. in the map location that you subsequently right. found on right. Google. So nifty, right? Like these yeah. are the actual tools that fact checkers use yeah. to verify the video. But it's a lot. It's all stuff that we can do, and all stuff that we we gonna we're gonna need to know how to do more and more as <laughs> we live in a world where people produce propaganda all the freaking time. Yeah, to tell us lies. I mean, 
that's what's been happening in Russia, right? They've been Constantly. like propagandizing their people with just absolute BS about what's happening in Ukraine. Yep. Um, but like to be armed with this kind of ability to to check things, we're gonna we're, we all need to be able to know that the information that we're absorbing into our like understanding of the world is accurate. Yes, <laughs> and you know it's important to note that like. People on the left wing of politics are not immune from falling prey to this oh, kind no, of stuff. Of it's generated a lot more on the right wing because that's sort of just how disinformation works. And the right wing traffles, traffics way, way, way more in disinformation than the left wing does. Heck yeah. That's asymmetrical. It's not a both sides thing. It's not equal. Right. The right wing does it way, way, way more. The left wing does it less. less. But it still happens. Sure. And especially less scrupulous people, more agenda-driven, less like morally oriented people who have political agendas on the internet. Or maybe they're trying to pull off a grift. Like, yeah. Get people all worked up about something in order to make money, you know, on whatever thing they're doing. Yep. Absolutely yeah. true. So even if it's like a left-wing thing, like do your due diligence. Absolutely. You know, like don't trust it just because it's been shared by, you know, whatever lefty blog or whatever like lefty celebrity that you follow on right. the internet. Like lefty celebrities can honestly be a really good source of unintentional disinformation. Because they have such wide reach. And they get super hyped up and they share something without vetting it themselves and then it goes to three million people, all of whom reshare it and they all of a sudden it's a problem. They all need to be little detectives too. Yes, we they do. We all need to do that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that was fascinating. <laughs> Good. And helpful and useful and needed. Thank you. Yeah. And I'll post some links uh, to the article and to the Invid uh, website in the show notes also so I people can drill down it. on that if you want to. Yeah, it's really interesting stuff. So I think I'm under the impression that someone in this room might be about to request a gold star. Oh, no, no, no. I have a, I have a, a let's get less dumb item. Oh, my gosh. You skipped right over my... I, I didn't even know. You skipped right over my supermassive black hole that was seen at the center of our galaxy. Oh, my gosh. I know. It we, ironically sucked up your news item. We have to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I skipped it. I love this science-y stuff so much. I mean, yeah. like, I was I was a science major in college. You know, a lot of people know that. Yes. Um, I, even though I've never worked in a field related to my biology degree, I still love it and consider myself a very sciencey person. I am the science nerd that you're stuffing into the garbage can, Jamie. Thank you very mm -hmm. much. Anyway. But like I'm doing it with love. <laughs> but, and there's um, treats in there and stuff. This this was a news item last week um, that astronomers last Thursday, they unveiled the first images of a supermassive black hole <gasps> at the center of our galaxy, the Milky Way. Mm -hmm. Its gravity is so powerful that it, it bends space and time and forms a glowing ring of light with eternal darkness at the core. Eternal darkness. That is so goth. It is so goth. The goth black hole. Also, it's like a trillion degrees in there. Right. Um, so the black hole, um, it's, it, it's just, there's some facts about it that were just astounding to me. Its mass mm -hmm. is equal to more than four million suns. Whoa. Our sun times four million, mm -hmm. and that is the mass of this black hole. Dang! Um, it's they the the image. If you have maybe you scan and look for it online if you haven't seen it because it's really cool. It shows this like um, this uh, these like three bright spots that form sort of this ring mm -hmm. around this like black hole <laughs> center. Yeah, and I mean it's they're called black holes because the gravity is so strong inside of them. They are so dense in mass and the gravity is so strong that not even light can escape yeah. from its their their core. I mean, right. it's just it's it's mind bending to Something think about I this. Really love mm -hmm. about the photos, I've seen the photos yeah. too, is how much they look like like really early like 50s UFO photos, just yeah. like super blurry and really far away. Like it could just really be anything. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be a Frisbee in a puddle at yeah, night. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Except for it's not because yeah. it was taken. I mean, the, the, we just the, have to trust them really because it doesn't really, it's so blurry. It's like, okay, there's definitely a black thing in the center there and I'm taking your word for it well, that you didn't just do this in Photoshop. We trust them because it's science that's yeah. producing this it's image true. and they check each other's work. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> that's like the whole point. It's true. Of it, um, but it was just really cool. I mean, like the 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 technology that that made possible the observation of this black hole um, is just awesome too. It, the, the the Event Horizon Telescope, um, I, I can't even fathom 
I can't even fathom how powerful an instrument it they would need to to do this. It's just it's really cool, and I, I can't like the scientists who've been working on this. They must be just absolutely elated. It's just really neat. Yeah. So if you haven't seen the image, you should just definitely go look it up because it's really just I I, I it's for me when when new images of space related stuff come out and you know and there's there's a brand new that James Webb telescope is going to be looking even deeper into the into the universe um and we'll be getting we'll start getting images back from that yeah. you know in the coming years it's just it's just so interesting to me i i i grew up in 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 religion and so my understanding of out there was formed in my early life by religious dogma. Sure. I stopped participating in that belief system in my late 20s, mm-hmm. early 30s, right around that time. And um and ever since then, I my my fascination with out there has become even greater. Mm-hmm. Like and it's just way more exciting <laughs> than like being told that here's we we know exactly what is out there. It's heaven this, and then not much right, else. Right. Yeah. yeah. But like the possibilities just, it, it excites me. It's just is really cool. And so I don't know if we're getting less dumb here, but it was an exciting sciencey bit. And so I wanted to talk about it. Talk so about if you want to uh, see the image, do a Google search for supermassive black hole. Go to the second result because surely the first result will be the song by Muse. <laughs> Very popular song back in the day. And then Maybe go look so. at the images. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Love it. Goth black hole. So... Now are you going to request a gold star? Yes, I would like a gold star, please. Okay. Um, I'm willing to accept your petition. What you got? Well, here's the deal. Uh Uh-huh. We released a new song last week. True. Right? Um, Good song. Loved it. Thank you. It's called The Silent Sea. If you haven't heard it yet, go listen to it. Yeah. Uh, You'll find it on all my profiles. Shouldn't be hard to find. For this album project, we're releasing songs every two-ish weeks. Ish. Um, there's there's fungibility in that schedule. Yes. Um, so, which is great and it's been very necessary. I sort of set up for myself like a, a some to-dos in the days following each song release. Like right. stuff just to check off my list of like, I gotta do this, gotta do this, gotta do this. Just to make this video, post this thing. Yeah. And I want because I want. I mean, we don't make these songs in a vacuum, right? Like, I, no, we make them in a studio. We, <laughs> but like, we don't make them for a vacuum. Like, we make them so that they can go out into the world and people can receive them and enjoy them, or or think about think them. about them, or what you know what I mean. Like, that's the point of of what we're doing here. So, I want to make sure that I let people know that we have this new song out, right? So that's why I make myself a little schedule of... I believe what you're talking about is promotion. You're promoting your song. Yes, it is. But I'm talking about the reason why, okay? Mm. It's not just like I'm looking for attention, right? Like I'm doing this because this work is important to me and I I want people to know about it if it is enjoyable or useful to them in their lives, that's the point of me doing it, right? Yeah. So I have this little schedule that I that I put out, you know, for myself or, or that I, I put myself on. Like, you know, I'm going to post the video. I'm going to post the essay I've written about the video. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a little, you know, selfie recorded video talking about the song. I've been doing those for every song on the project. Mm-hmm. And um, I was on, I was, I was supposed to last Friday do my like little selfie recorded video. And you did in fact try and I and I tried, and I I just. But Friday, I was just feeling, I was just struggling You've to had show a lot up of for feelings, that. Yeah, yeah. Like I just, it was it was difficult for me to focus. I wasn't communicating clearly what I wanted to communicate about the song and the yeah. video. So even though I tried to do it, and I I should have, according to my self imposed schedule, uh, followed up with posting the essay on Saturday, and mm. then I would have been on my schedule. But I realized as I was, you know, finishing up the attempt at recording the video on Friday that I just, I, I couldn't do it. Like, yeah. I just couldn't do it. And I, I understand that my schedule is self-imposed. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I get to choose to do it differently. But I, I feel really, like, responsible to this work. You know what I mean? Like, I feel really, like, we, we've got, you know, a community of people that supports the work that we do. And I feel really responsible to show up for that work, you know, like, 
in, in a way that I feel honors the the support we get from our community. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, and also the the lines with my sense of in, my sense of my own integrity for my work. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So like. I don't want to get off my self-imposed schedule, even though I can because I'm the one who made it. And also no one knows what to expect and is expecting anything. I know that, but I'm just, I have to set this up for you in order to describe to you why I'm requesting a gold star. It's Mm -hmm. because making the choice to, to listen to myself and listen to the needs that I clearly had last Friday to just set this aside and wait and not stay on the schedule. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really hard for me to get to that point. It's not. It's so true. It's not I know easy this to for be me. true. Yeah. Yes. So I want to request a gold star because I actually listened to my needs last Friday, and at a certain point, I decided this isn't working. I'm trying to force a square peg in a round hole right now, and I just need to not do this today. I need to, in fact, take the whole weekend and just recoup and come back to it on Monday, and I did. And it worked out. And the earth didn't, you know, the sky didn't fall. The earth didn't implode. You know, my, it's all good. And I know that this is not a big deal, right? But <laughs> well, still. Well, though, in context of who you are as a human, yes. it's kind of a big deal. That's what I mean. Because listener, if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, so you just delayed a video two days, you don't understand. Like Shannon described that she's beholden to schedules. She's really beholden to schedules. It's, but it, it's not that I'm beholden. It's I choose to be. I choose yes. to be that way, right? Like, and it's a choice. It's like it's. I, I don't feel. It's not doing. I'm not doing that against my will, right? No. But it. I, but, but it's I'm, just a thing. I'm requesting a, thing a you gold have. star because I had a moment where I could choose to not honor what I was hearing from my own feelings about what my needs were, or I could choose to honor those needs, and I chose to honor my needs, and so I'm requesting a gold star. Well, you know what. I think you absolutely get one. Thank you. Very proud. Honestly, that's progress. <laughs> How about that? Requesting a gold star for procrastinating. <laughs> it wasn't procrastinating, but no. you know what I mean. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, we're grown ups. We can do whatever we want. It's a cereal for dinner of gold stars. That's right. I love it. Very good. So, this feels important. Please hold for a very important message. Yeah. And I'm going to set this one up for you per your request. So it's it's uh, it's the Buffalo Massacre. Yeah, I just felt like it was important for us to talk about this week. It, it, it is a major event that happened in our country. We're all talking about it on one level or another. Um, so, yeah, could you just like set up like the... Yeah, the, real the, briefly. So What happened? So basically this uh, 18-year-old white supremacist, anti-Semite... Uh, with a bunch of forethought, bunch of planning ahead, we just learned today that he had been actually he had, he had decided upon this location like months ago, many months ago. Right. Uh, he went far away from his home, like two hundred miles, three hour drive, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, high powered weaponry to kill as many black people as he could, because he believes in the great replacement theory that mm-hmm. is being espoused all over right-wing media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, by Republican politicians, elected leaders. Yep, a lot of them too. He didn't hear it from any of them because he doesn't listen to that kind of stuff. He heard it from the Christchurch shooter in New Zealand. Right. That's the person who inspired him because these people inspire each other. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he heard the bad ideas from this one guy. was like, yeah, this makes sense to me. 18-year-old marshmallow head with no, with no frontal lobe. Like, yeah, I think that this person is right. I think that black people are replacing and, and people of color in general are being brought to this country to replace white people, to replace white voters, to take away rights and money from people like me, mm. a deserving 18-year-old white person. Right. And he drove three hours away from his house and he murdered a bunch of people. Ten people were killed. Yep, and three injured. Three injured, 11 of whom, 11, 11 of the 13 victims were black. Yep. And I think probably, I'm, I'm guessing that all the other two were caught by straight gunfire because he was clearly targeting just mm. black people. Like he had the N-word written on his rifle. Right. He had also written on his rifle uh, reparations. Huh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It's all deeply troubling. Yeah. So you wanted to talk about this. Yeah. So that, thank you for sketching it out. I just, you know... <sighs> It feels important, A, to acknowledge that this happened and just not skip over this, you know, major event. Yep. Also, this kind of shit happens all the time. I feel like I feel like there's been an event like this, specifically a racist 
violent mass shooting like once a year for the last however many years. Like I mean, it wasn't there was even El Paso the, like a couple of years ago. Sure. Um, I I, 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 sh- I didn't make a list, but like it's it's like an annual There's thing. There's just been a bunch. I mean, yeah. it wasn't even the only race motivated uh, gun attack this week. Right. Right. There was somebody who was ta- targeting Taiwanese people in a church literally the day after. Right. Right. Specifically because yeah. they were Taiwanese. Really? I yeah. Thought, I, so the, the shooter wasn't also Taiwanese in that case? I have not heard one way or the other. Okay. I looked that up. I, I was looking up my my story before <laughs> mm. before talking about it. I, I, it's possible that it was a Taiwanese person. Doesn't matter. Like they were, it was a targeted group for right. sure. You know, um, anyway, but it, it's happening all the time. So it's like, it's not like, it's not like this is an isolated event. Um, we could be talking about mass shootings every single week on this podcast, you know, um, but this was, Oh, by the way, the gunman in the Southern California church was a Chinese person who was motivated by hate for Taiwanese people. Oh my God, okay. Because it's that whole China versus yeah. Taiwan thing that's right. bubbling right now. Got it, yeah. okay. Thank you for yep. clarifying. Um, so anyway, we could be talking about a different mass shooting every single week on this podcast if that's what we wanted to do. You know, like it's not an isolated event at all. Um, but I, it felt, it just feels important. It feels important to talk in this moment about what this event I mean, aside from the fact of like, these are people whose families have lost a loved one and like the, just the horrific nature of the violence in and of itself, mm-hmm. you know. But place the, the event in context of what's happening in our country right yeah. now. And I think it's really important to understand why, <laughs> why, why this event, why this, this, this shooting is... Um, something of a harbinger. It's not even a harbinger. It is actually the thing happening. Like we are on, we are in it. We are in the midst of a minority of people with uh, white supremacist ideas. And high-powered weaponry. And high-powered weaponry. Violently trying to establish the world that they want here in our country. It's not even a bad, it's not even a harbinger. It is happening. That is, that is happening. Yeah. You know, um, it's an instance. Yeah. That's the word you're looking for. Thank it's an you. instance of yeah. this. And I think it's really important, like, like this is not a crime story, right? This is not a story about crime and how there's high crime. No, this is not a mental illness story. No. It's possible that the kid had some mental illness. It doesn't matter. No. This is not about mental illness. And also- I have struggled this, with mental unwellness my entire life and somehow managed not to shoot up a grocery store. Thank you. Like the, 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 the impulse of media- and a lot of people, for that matter, to pin events, instances like this on mental illness does a disservice to mental health, yep. first of all. Yep. And it's also inaccurate to describe what has happened here. Yep. You know, he didn't have like, I'm bipolar written on his gun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, also, the vast majority of people who have mental illnesses are not violent people. Like, right. this is not, it is... It's, it's wrong to say that it's a mental illness story. It is a white supremacist terrorist story Yeah, that has been mainstreamed by the Republican Party and Tucker Carlson. Yes. That's what's happening here. Yes. Like, and a- also Laura Ingram and even Sean Hannity dabbles in it from time to time. Right. The but- entire primetime lineup of Fox News frequently is talking about this all week. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you could, there's, there's like a, uh, someone put together like a, a jump cut sort of like edit together. A montage. Of, a montage of all of the most recent instances of Tucker Carlson talking about the great replacement theory. Yeah. That he, and, and he's the most watched week, weeknight TV host in America. Yeah. And the people who are consuming that bullshit are being taught this idea, the same idea that motivated this guy to go kill 10 people. Yeah, they're being a, inculcated with this idea by mm-hmm. virtue of repetition. Mm-hmm. And, and, there, and there, are, there are leaders in the Republican Party who have also been touting this. The, the, the third highest person in the, the, in the House, House of Representatives, Elise Stefanik. highest Republican that's in right. the House of Representatives. Yes, that's right. Yeah, she's a complete wing nut and she, this is extremely her shit. Yeah, she's been talking about this stuff all Years. the time. And I want to make a point also to say that I didn't I didn't forget to say violent white supremacist 
uh, that this was a violent... I didn't forget to say the word violent and all this because... You don't really have to when you you're talking about a mass shooting. Well, also, it's sort of implied. Also, you don't really have to talk about... You don't have to say specifically that white supremacy is violent because all of it is violent. Oh, well, yes. Whether it's, at, whether it's with guns or with policy mm-hmm. um, or with... It's, it's all with the same end goal of stamping out black and brown lives to maintain white patriarchal, patriarchal power here. Yeah. Like, white supremacy is violent. I heard somebody actually use the word white supremacism, and that makes more sense to me. Mm. It is an ism, right? It is an ideology. It is not a truth. That whites are not supreme. True. <laughs> you know what I mean? So maybe I need to adjust my language, I'm thinking, and not call it white supremacy maybe it's got to be called white supremacism or white supre- white supremacy ideology. You know what I mean? Like it's, it seems like an, in, an important distinction. Yeah. You know? That makes sense. Um, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I, yes, there's not much to, there's not much to be done, but there's, but it's important that we, t- it's important that we're talking about this. It's important. I, sh- I should say there's not much that, any individual one of us can do. No one in this room right now, right. you or me, can do a lot about this. Right. But, it, our, but I, our representatives know how we feel and also we're fortunate enough to be able to choose where we live and we mm-hmm. live in a, we have chosen to live in a place where the people who represent us by definition will be on the right side of this kind of thing. Right. Right. But not everyone is in that position. Right. But one thing that is true for everybody, both the two people in this room and anyone who's listening, is that we're talking about this stuff mm-hmm. with our communities, with our families, with our friends. If you have kids, you're talking about it with your kids. You know, like, um, we're, it's being discussed on social media for better or for worse. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I, I, I was trying to, I was trying to come up with like a, a discussion point of like, what what do we do? What can we do? In well, this I'll tell scenario? you one thing. I've got an idea. Great. I have an idea too, but go ahead. It's important to know that public opinion is overwhelmingly, and this is across the nation and across the ideological spectrum, Republicans, Democrats, everybody, overwhelmingly in favor of stricter background checks mm-hmm. and a ban on assault-style weaponry. Mm-hmm. That's across the board. And this isn't close. This isn't like a 4951 thing. This is like a 6832 thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Wildly popular across all ideological Mm -hmm. divisions. The other side of it, the wrong side of it, is much, much louder, much, much more intense, Mm. much, much more passionate about it, Mm. which is why they have been able, in the face of two to one lack of support for their cause to drive the conversation around it Mm -hmm. because they are so loud about it that they scare elected representatives Mm -hmm. into supporting their minority position. And if our side of this were as loud, it would be an absolute no-brainer for elected representatives because they've already got the polling on their side. And if they also had the passion of the people driving the issue it would really make a difference. Yes, I hear that. What you just described is also true for reproductive rights. Yes. What you just described is also true for education. And yet the minority of people are pushing through abortion restrictions that are going to really be really harmful yeah. to a lot of people in this country. The minority of people are pushing through these this, these anti-critical race theory notions that at school boards across the country and getting books banned. Getting and getting books teachers banned, endangered. Getting books banned that actually teach people about racism in a way that helps them understand the actual history of our country and the actual present day of our country so that they're not... So they don't repeat it. So they, so they don't repeat it and they don't get sucked into bullshit like this guy who shot up the store. Yeah claiming that there's this great replacement theory. That's like the books that they're banning <laughs> refute that that conspiracy theory, right? Right. So well, like, that's why they're banning them. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. So like, I, I, I hear you and I'm always the one for like, we got to get louder. We got to, these are that same minority is the same minority that is suppressing the vote left and right and making it so that even though we want even though the majority of us wants these popular things like gun control, like Reproductive freedom, yeah. like you know, teaching our 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 children in school about American history, American, yeah, an accurate American history. 
they're entrenching. It is. It, it, it's all folded into one big, one big bubble of fascism, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, raw power, raw exercise. It is of a power. raw exercise of power. So yes, we do have to get loud, and I and I agree, and we we have to we have to keep keep up with that, right? Like that's not something that we can stop doing. But one like much smaller thing that I identified, I think that each of that each of us can do. Mm-hmm. Is to it's it's small but very important and potentially very powerful. Mm-hmm. Is that we need to use our language precisely mm. when we talk about this with our friends, our family, in our communities, on social media. Say more. By which I mean, this isn't a crime story. This isn't a this isn't a guns. It's not even necessarily a gun story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's part of it, right? This isn't a mental mental illness story. We're not living in. Divided times or no. unprecedented times. This is not both sides. This is not division. This is, we need to be precise about the fact that we are living through a resurgence of fascism in the form of white supremacy and Christian nationalism in this country. Yeah. In an attempt to establish minority authoritarian rule over this nation. One party control. One party control. And they want to stamp out civil and human rights for everyone along the way. Yeah. Don't be afraid to use the word fascism. Yeah. Don't be afraid to use to call out white supremacism when you see it. Don't be afraid to use the word christian. Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean the big force in, you know, in this a big force in this movement is this christian nationalist thing. But we we I understand that I understand wanting to pull a punch, right? Because I'm a polite person yep. to a fault. Right? Well, and we're I not have, in polite times, unfortunately. I have been a polite person to a fault my entire life. Yeah. But I think it's... Don't want to make waves. I don't want to make waves. I don't want to offend, you know. But like we, it's one, it's a small but powerful thing if every single one of us uses precise language and we don't pull the punch to, and say things, well, it's divisive times or, you know, this. it's not even unprecedented. Our country was formed on the notion of white supremacism. Yeah. <laughs> that was from the beginning. It mm-hmm. was written into the Constitution. Slavery was I mean, right there, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. so, like, we, we now is not the time to pull the punches. Now, and I'm not saying to go around being, being mean. I'm not saying to go around hurling insults at people. Just don't but, not label something accurately for fear of hurting someone's feelings. Exactly. Like, if someone's feelings are hurt by something you're saying, they should take a long fucking look in the mirror. <laughs> right. I'm not saying to go pe- poke people in the eye. I'm saying use... Use, let's use our language precisely and say exactly what we mean, say exactly what is happening. And I think that I think that, that makes a difference, right? I think mm-hmm. that that actually, um, like we, it, it makes it so that in those, in those millions and millions of conver- little conversations that are happening all over our country about an incident like the Buffalo mass shooting, it makes it so that people who are inclined to buy into a white supremacist ideology or people who are inclined to kind of want the fascists to win because it kind of works for them. (laughs) They can't hide behind nice words like, oh, it's a division, it's a, it's a divisive time. Yeah. We're divided nation. No, let's call things what they are and make people deal with it, hear that and deal with it. Yeah. And this can be done this that that is truth telling. It is truth telling, and that's what we need to be doing: using our language precisely and truth telling about the situation. I like it. That's my my attempt at what can we do? Because I I mean I don't I really that. know what else to do, but it, it seems like it matters. And yeah. here's the, here's the thing: like I I I actually screen capped this tweet um, from Sherilyn Eiffel. Mm-hmm. Um, she's wonderful, by the way. She was um, she led the Legal Defense Fund um, for a long time. Uh, for a little while. I think she just recently retired from that. But for she's, the NAACP, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. And she's the daughter of uh, Gwen Eiffel, who was a longtime PBS anchor who passed away a, number, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, but she's, I follow her on Twitter and she's she's really great. She says here in this tweet, um, by now I would think most would understand that white supremacy will destroy this entire country. Not just black, brown, Asian, and indigenous people. It is a deadly poison to which this country is uniquely vulnerable. And we will either fight it or be destroyed as a nation by it. Mm -hmm. That checks out. Um, 
and it's just a reminder that this is it, this is a battle for all of us. Yeah. And this is one, including you two white people, in, including single. Republican white people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, let's use our language as weapons of war. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, weapons of truth telling. Which you know, like, what we've been learning, uh, you know, through this whole like Russia Ukraine thing, is that the truth really does. The truth really scares would be authoritarians and authoritarians. The truth, they don't want the truth to be known or knowable. Their whole thing relies on people not knowing it. So let's tell the truth. Yeah. Let's be truth tellers in our everyday conversations. All right, I'm for it. Okay. Have you said what you need to say about this? I have said what I need to say. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, well, you know what? That all sucked. Let's move swiftly (laughs) into the inspiration station. Inspiration station. Uh, Woo! Do you have anything? I do not. So I've got two. Please inspire me. I've got two things. I'm full of inspiration. Give it to me. Or the things I was reading this week were full of inspiration. I just managed to write it down. Great. So the first thing, uh, as people who have been listening to this podcast for a long time surely know, uh, A, I'm sober in AA, and B, I get just a little AA nugget in my email every single evening. I have been it. for, I don't know, 15 plus years. And it's always just like a little quote from the big book or, you know, the, the 12 and 12 or the, the 12. Uh, the big book is the book, the al- book for Alcoholics Anonymous. Yes, it is. that's right. Yeah, it's sorry. sort of like the AA Bible. It is. But like not Christian. It's not a Bible. Yeah. yeah. So there is uh, just a, there was a wonderful quote this week and I wanted to share it. It says, we members of AA may never again have to deal with drinking, but we have to deal with sobriety. Every day. Mm. How do we do it? By learning through practicing the 12 steps and through sharing at meetings how to cope with the problems that we looked to booze to solve back in our drinking days. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea that like, okay, if you're sober, you don't have to deal with drinking, but now you got to deal with sobriety. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like no free lunch. You're not just out of the woods. No. You know, there's still work to be done. So we, we live across our back alley from not one, but two sober living houses. Yeah. It's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's not the house directly behind ours, but the one slightly off to the left and one slightly off to the right. Between those two houses, there's got to be 20 sober guys living back yeah. there. Yeah. It's just the best. Like anytime I'm on the back alley, it's like an AA meeting. <laughs> it's really great. It's and there's these two kids who have been coming around the house on the left. Mm. One of them lives there, the boy, and then his girlfriend is constantly just like dropping them off because they're always Mm -hmm. like going to meetings and stuff together. Mm -hmm. You know, they're getting Mm -hmm. sober together. It's amazing. Uh, And they're early in sobriety. She just got, I think yesterday, 105 days. He's at 79, if memory serves. Mm. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. They they, they seem really like into it. That's great. You know, you definitely see like two kinds of people in early sobriety. People who are just barely hanging on and you don't think they're going to really make it. Reluctantly going to meetings. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a court-ordered thing. Maybe they're trying it, but their heart's not in it. And you can just tell. Yeah. But these kids really do seem like they are making a go of it and feeling good, you know? But like we were, like I share with them from my almost 18 years sober perspective, you mm-hmm. know, and I, this was on my mind the other day. So just talking with them about the idea, mm. like, like one of them, the, the young woman was talking with me about how like she's just having some trouble with some stuff, even in sobriety. And I was like, well, and I quoted this. I was oh, like, you know, yeah. you have to, uh, you know, w- when you're drinking, that's the problem you're dealing with. And then when you're sober, well, you got to deal with sobriety. Yeah. Like you're still just dealing with life. Yeah. And being sober poses its own particular weird set of issues. It's not bad. But it's just its own thing and you just got to kind of deal with it. Well, and it's also like so when you're dealing with your sobriety, you're really just doing, you're doing your work. You're, you're staying on top of what you need to stay on top of mm-hmm. and dealing with what comes your way in life in a way other than drowning yourself in alcohol or drugs. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you're, you're dealing with life one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that there's one path that's going to lead you to death and destruction and the other path that's going to lead you to actually maybe building a life. Yeah. You know, and the one your brain intuitively wants to choose is never path (laughs) two. Right, right. Of course. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And the second thing is just a little bit of Dzogchen uh, Buddhism. Bring it. Just a little Rigpa for your day. Let's hear it. Always recognize the dreamlike qualities of life and reduce attachment and aversion. Practice good-heartedness toward all beings. Be loving and compassionate, no matter what others do to you. Mm. What they will do will not matter so much when you see it as a dream. The trick is to have positive intention during the dream. 
That's interesting. Isn't that neat? <sighs> Just a different perspective. It is a it's a it's an interesting perspective. At least it it feels to me in this moment like um like a what's the word I'm looking for? An avenue for stepping out of a current moment that mm-hmm. feels maybe overwhelming, mm-hmm. you know? Just getting some perspective. Just to get, yeah. So like if I can, if I can imagine that this experience is a dream and who knows, maybe it is, <laughs> you know, like maybe, it, maybe this is all a dream. Complicated interlaced dream. Yeah. Maybe the answer is in the super massive black hole. Whoa. <laughs> to bring it back around. Whoa. But you know what I mean? Like maybe it is, but just to have that as sort of like a vehicle for stepping outside of experience for a little while. Yeah. And then maybe from that vantage point, being able to choose an intention of goodness, like you, like this, the quote was saying. I'm thinking right now about how Zen Buddhist, one of the most popular childhood songs of all time is. Which, row, row, row your boat. Gently, gently down, down the, the stream. stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. Oh my gosh. What? Maybe that's like the new mantra. Just sing row, row, row your boat when you need to like get some perspective about a reality that feels <laughs> overwhelming and oppressive. Row, row, row your boat as a curative for modern ailments. <laughs> a PhD thesis. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we should maybe wrap up today with a gratitude crank up. All right, let's do it. What you got? I am feeling... No, because the the idea of a gratitude practice is not necessarily to f- about what you're feeling. It's a it's expressing gratitude. It is offering gratitude for a thing. So I'm not I'm retracting my word that I'm feeling. I would like to express gratitude for my health and my body. Um, I you know the the work we've been doing digging in the dirt you know makes every single muscle in my body hurt and ones I didn't even know I had. Mm-hmm. Um, which is great. And I feel, um, which is really great. I I am grateful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am grateful that my body is in a place where I, it can do those. I can do that with it. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Yes. So that's it. How about you? Uh, yeah. You know, I had a very similar thing on my mind today, perhaps more pithily stated. I'm grateful for the tired feeling in my body and the happy feeling in my spirit. I like it. Very good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And thank you listeners for spending some time with us today. We really cherish the fact that you uh, pushed on the Misfit Stars icon on your podcast app and you listened to us today. Amazing. You know what we haven't asked our audience to do in a long time? What's that? Rate and review. Oh if, my gosh, if yeah. If you listen to this podcast and you enjoy it, appreciate it, value it, just take a minute now that the podcast episode is over. Mm-hmm. And give us a rating. Five stars. Come on. Don't do be stingy. A, do a Google search for uh, Misfit Stars Apple Podcasts. Oh, okay. And do it there. You or if you're already in the Apple Podcasts do app, there. do it there. Right. Wherever you can rate and review, do that. Just write a little review. Tell us tell us what you like about the podcast. Yeah. Uh, it us. actually helps other people find it. It does. So that would be something you could do to help us get the word out. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. And thank you just for listening. It just, you know, we sit down to have this conversation every week and it is a wonderful vehicle for the two of us Mm -hmm. to hash out stuff that Mm -hmm. we talk all the time we're together all the time and we talk constantly all the time Mm -hmm. but this date for actually sitting down and hashing stuff out is so valuable yes like it's so great like for me personally for our relationship it is so great Mm -hmm. we happen to be recording these things and putting it out into the world with the hope that it might be of use to others as well to mm-hmm. sort of like uh, vicariously hash out whatever <laughs> it is that you know that we that we're we're bringing up and that you you might be thinking of also um, the fact that you have done this with us for the last hour or so really means a lot. Thank you mm-hmm. for that. Um, and I also want to say thank you to our misfit stars because they are the people who make this podcast possible through financial support. Yes, thank you. And they are the ones who make possible all of the work that we do. Yep. Uh, This album project that we're in the middle of, they are the ones making it possible through their financial support. 
the mentorship that Jamie's doing with a whole army of artists learning how to record, produce, mix, engineer. I, I am currently mentoring a 13-year-old <laughs> through how to upload his first self-recorded album to iTunes. Love it. He's having trouble because it's a confusing process and he just doesn't know what he's doing. And he's 13. And he's 13. <laughs> and I am totally helping him. It's great. So, We're text buddies and he's emailing me. That's amazing. And it's being paid for by Misfit Stars. That's right. Thanks. So, Misfit Stars, thank you so much. If you're not yet a member of Misfit Stars, and these are things that you also value, that you also find important uh, in the world, we would just ask that you would start supporting them. Yeah. Go to misfitstars.com slash support. It's a small dollar monthly contribution. Uh, you can pick whatever amount you want and go to it. And know that your small contribution each month gets added to everybody else's small contribution each month. And it makes this train go. So thank yeah. you. Seriously. You throwing 10 bucks at it by yourself? Thank you. Not the biggest help in the world. But you and everyone else throwing your 10 bucks at it? Thank you. Really moves the needle. Really helps. Yeah. Genuinely helps. So don't think that just because all you got to throw at it is 10 bucks a month that That's it won't be helpful. Right. It will be very helpful because right. you're not the only one doing it. That's right. The power of crowdfunding? Is in the crowd. Mm-hmm. I got you. All right, y'all. Well, we're going to be back again next week with more. Don't forget the Misfit Stars Zoom meetup this Sunday, the 22nd at 3 p.m. West Coast time, 3 to 6, three hours long. Please join us if you're a Misfit Star. If you're not a Misfit Star, join us. MisfitStars.com slash join. Okay. Uh, we will see you next week. Until then, take care of yourselves and be good to each other. Yeah, we love y'all. See you later. See ya. See ya.